Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Dan Petrie, Jock Peterson, Bob Melvin, a lot of people involved in this great game of baseball. What's in a name? Some writer, I think it was Billy Shakes, said, what's in a name? Well, sometimes things can be renamed, sometimes people can be renamed, and I have to say, we as a culture in the past has be- have become quite adaptable to names being changed. Hell, Caitlyn Jenner, everyone's on board Call her Caitlin. All my life, who's Bruce? Now it's Caitlin. It's rude to call her anything else. When uh, Muhammad Ali passed away, reminded that he was Cassius Clay. He was world famous as Cassius Clay. But no, you know, except a few very stubborn people. He was he was Ali. You know, Prince when he died. Reminded, he changed his name a bunch of times. For one, for a while, we couldn't even refer to him by name. We just go to a, a symbol. Then he became the artist formerly known as Prince, and then back to Prince because I think he realized, Jesus Christ, what the hell's the matter with me? You know, we're pretty good. We're pretty adaptable. You know, who was the greatest center in the history of the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, I think we pretty much would be safe to say that was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And we're all content calling him that. Who calls him Dual Sindor? Name changes. We're pretty good with them. We're pretty good with them. And yet, we get bent out of shape when stadiums are renamed. When stadiums get renamed, that for people is something you don't want to, oh, don't even bring it up. Don't even, don't even talk. Like, the, one of the popular shirts you see around Cleveland with the Indians is a shirt that says, I still call it the Jake. Because it was Jacob's Field. Jacob's Field was where it became, the Indians became a powerhouse. It became fun to be an Indians fan for the first time for some people in their lives. And the great memories of those teams and Eddie Murray and Albert Bell and Carlos Baerga and Jim Tomey, Manny Ramirez, Charles Nagy, Kenny Lofton, Robbie Alomar, uh, not, you know, no, Robbie Alomar, eventually, but there's Andy Alomar, that they went to the two World Series. All those playoff appearances came so close to clinching the 1997 World Series. And now it's progressive field. Yuck. Sky still call it the Jake. I still call the stadium in Toronto the Sky Dome, even though it's been the Rogers Center for several years already. I to this day I say it's the Sky Dome. It's the Sky Dome. And you know, then and, and right up the street here, if you go up the 101, there's a patch of land that used to be Candlestick Park. And for a period of time it was renamed Three Com Park. And for and then it was named Monster Park, and then some convoluted Monster Park at Candlestick Point or some crap like that. And nobody, and I mean nobody, ever referred to it as Three-Com Park. Nobody, and I mean nobody, 
trust me, I know a ton. What, what was that? I know a ton of San Francisco fans, and everybody called it the stick. Right to the end, it was the stick. Candlestick Park. Well, we have another name change that's coming up. This name change is coming to another ballpark. The stadium that was when it was first built, called New Comiskey Park, has been rechristened U.S. Cellular Field. All right, fine. At least that had a kind of a cool nickname. It was called The Cell. All right, The Cell. Nope. Now it's Guaranteed Rate Field. Not even Park. Guaranteed Rate Field. Now, we've all heard crap names before, the Quicken Loans Arena, instead of the Gund Arena. I mean, come on. But guaranteed rate, first of all, I don't know what guaranteed rate is. That sounds like how you describe what a company does. You know, if, they, if you had Delicious Hamburgers Stadium, well, where are the Delicious Hamburgers? I have Delicious Hamburgers. It sounds like a, gen, it sounds like, it's how you describe whatever the company does instead of the company itself. Well, what are we going to name this stadium? Yum. Welcome to Yum Field. Yum? Well, what's yummy? Yum. It's yum. Yum? Yeah. Guaranteed rate field. Welcome to Best Pizza in New York Arena. Well, what is the best pizza in New York? Best pizza in New York. And I'm, that arena, is, by the way, is in Omaha. Guaranteed rate field just sounds, I don't know, can, can you even imagine the announcer saying it? Does it? It doesn't sound real. It doesn't sound even practical. Guaranteed rate field. I hate it already. I hate it. We've had, I am comfortable knowing that Bruce Jenner, one of the, 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 when I was a kid, that was a, a, an athlete, we, a, a man we worshipped, a man's man. He was on my Wheaties. He was, the, he was this impossibly handsome, charismatic athlete, and the, you know the uh, just a, a guy just winning the ultimate, the ultimate pinnacle of athleticism, the decathlon. And I am completely, yep, it's uh, Bruce is a woman now named Caitlin. I'm perfectly. Fine with that. And I have no problems with it. Oh, there, that's it. Now, Bruce Jenner is now Caitlyn Jenner. Fine. But U.S. Cellular Field is now guaranteed rate field. I can't. Fine. That's just going too far. Now, I'm reading this thing. You know, Reinsdorf. And I get it. I get it. I get why. I get why they're doing it. I get why they're doing it. They're doing it because money is being brought in. Money is being brought into the White Sox. And if you're a White Sox fan, you may grind your teeth, referring to guaranteed rate field, but you may be pleasantly surprised knowing that that money is going to maybe keep some of the best players out there, or maybe make them more, uh, uh, you know, try to bring in a better free agent or try to put together a quality field to, to or a quality team to, to go up against the Cubs. All this is true. And, you know, this is uh, the White Sox remained, uh, retained an option for the team's lease for the ballpark, which could extend the deal an additional year through 20, 
30. So that's what I want to talk about a little today. Because you know what? Names of stadiums in some way can be overrated in terms of our love for them. Do you know what's the great name for a stadium is Riverfront Stadium, Three Rivers Stadium. Great name for a stadium is uh, Veteran Stadium. La Stade Olympique was a great name for a stadium. These are all fantastic names for stadiums. The Kingdome. It's King County. It's a dome. It's, it's a wonderful use of all. It's like it's in, in one word, it, it has multiple meanings. And those stadiums all sucked. Every single one of them. Stad Olympic, great name, horrible stadium. You know, Three Rivers, terrible stadium. You got it. You it's a terrible name for a park? Petco Park. It's a fabulous ballpark. AT&T Park is a horrible name for a ballpark. It could be the best stadium in baseball. So I'm not so worried so much about guaranteed rate field in the long run. What I'm worried about as a name, what I'm worried about is guaranteed rate field as a venue. Now, I'm going to make a, in this podcast, I'm going to make a strange proposal. But it's actually a serious one. The stadium that sits there, whatever it's called, New Comiskey, U.S. Cellular, Guaranteed Rate Park, is a mistake. It is the result of a ransom. The Chicago White Sox had wanted, well, the White Sox were going to move. This is, in some ways, the existence of this park is the result of a series of chain reactions. As I've said many times, that is how I view the universe. I don't view the universe with a creator. I don't view the universe with any gods or anything like that. I view it as a chain reaction. The White Sox are failing to draw in the 70s. The White Sox are on the verge of moving their team from Chicago. At one point they were talking about whether they should move them from Chicago to Milwaukee. But the team in Seattle, the Pilots, moved to Milwaukee and became the Brewers, leaving the market of Seattle wide open. At one point, with the White Sox in terrible situation and Seattle wide open and threatening to sue Major League Baseball and blow up the, um, the antitrust exemption of baseball, work to move the Chicago White Sox to Seattle and become the Seattle White Sox. Bill Veck said... I'll buy the White Sox and keep him in Chicago. Baseball said, yeah, because he was the only person trying to keep him in Chicago. said, yeah, if you can raise the money, fine. Knowing damn well he couldn't. He did. The White Sox stayed. Seattle tried to sue baseball, and then they settled with them and formed the Mariners. With the White Sox still in Chicago, they started proposing a suburban stadium, a downtown stadium next to Soldier Field, a dome stadium going deep into the suburbs, going lightly into the suburbs, all these different things, and always with a cookie-cutter dome park. And then came the ransom. The White Sox 
were going to move to St. Petersburg, Florida to play in the Suncoast Dome, which is now called Tropicana Field. The good folks in St. Petersburg, Florida built the Dome Stadium in the 80s to lure a team there. Because at the time, that's where you put a goddamn stadium. You put one in the suburbs, they're either dome or they're circular. That's what they did. And said, hey, everyone, that's a problem. To move a baseball team is hard because you have to have a venue for them to play. You can move a football team. Uh, you know, the Rams moved back to Los Angeles. It's going to be a few years before they build this new stadium for it, but they could play in the Coliseum. Let's play there. If they want to move to Boise, if they want to move to Columbus, Ohio, guess what? There's a stadium already there. Same with basketball, same with hockey. I brought this point up before, but it's easy to move a, those teams because there are college arenas in cities that, like, that don't have... If you don't have a NBA or NHL team, you have an arena there in any city. If you don't have an NFL team, chances are there's a college nearby that has a big enough field, at least for the time being, before you build the stadium for them. Baseball is not the case. There's only a handful of places where they can go, but St. Petersburg said, screw it. We will build a baseball stadium and wait for it to be filled up. And they had their team in the White Sox. The White Sox were in Old Comiskey. Old Comiskey was falling apart. They were no longer a draw at all in Chicago. They would have the state of Florida to themselves. It made all the sense in the world. And then suddenly, there was a couple of backroom dealings in Chicago. What? I'm shocked. It was announced that they found enough money in the cushions to build a new stadium for the White Sox to stay in Chicago. Taxpayer paid. And now, I've said this many times, and this is not exactly a brave statement to make. I love new stadiums. I don't think taxpayers should pay for them. They're not public works. Taxpayer money shouldn't go to billionaires' palaces. They should go to paving the streets. They should go to paying your firefighters, paying police officers, paying for teachers, paying for infrastructure, paying for the needs that people have that we need to, when we're throwing our tax money, said, hey, no, no, this is not going to build bleachers. This is going to make sure that an ambulance has enough gas in the tank for stuff that we need, okay? And I think more and more people are seeing that's the case. And the BS of, well, you know, it really helps the community, it really helps the local businesses. The most studies show that that's, a, that's with a few exceptions, AT&T Park and Camden Yards being two of them, that's a bunch of malarkey. Most times it shows it actually hurts the surrounding businesses. But anyway, back on point. There was a ransom that was held. Say, we'll take the team away from Chicago. They'll be Tampa Bay. And for a while, Tampa Bay existed as a stadium so teams could fleece their local governments. The Twins did. The Rangers did. Hell, AT&T Park exists because the Giants were going to move. Now, to AT&T Park's credit, it was a privately funded stadium. The city kicked in for the infrastructure around it, and that's the way it should be. Okay, but with taxpayer money, they were going to build a stadium. 
Now, the good folks who designed Camden Yards put together a proposal for something called Armor Field. And Armor Field was going to be this great old-timey stadium that was going to be fit into the south side of Chicago. They weren't going to move them to the suburbs. They were going to be there, stay right in the, the old neighborhood. But it was going to be this new stadium, Armor Field, was going to fit in. It was going to look like the environments. It was going to feel like the environment. It was going to have an urban feel to it. I don't mean that as a euphemism for African Americans. It would be something that fit in with the city. You go to Petco Park, you go to Camden Yards, you go to Jacobs Field, you go to AT&T Park here in San Francisco, you understand what I mean, that they're buildings that fit in with the character and feels like it belongs in there. That proposal was beautiful and it was rejected. And they built New Comiskey Park which feels like a suburban field. Feels like it belongs in a giant parking lot and had the upper deck that was raked so hard that when I had the great comedian Jimmy Pardo on here on my podcast, uh, we were talking about that walking up those stairs, it felt like the walking up the side of the wall with Adam West and Burt Ward on those episodes of Batman. So it was like a concrete shopping mall with wide concourses, all the things that you want in the modern stadium in terms of wider places to walk, you know, wider seats, you know, more concession stands and everything, that's fine, but with none of the character that people saw and ultimately flocked to with Camden Yards, with Jacobs Field, with AT&T Park, with Petco Park, with all these great new stadiums. The White Sox could have led the way and created the new... Vanguard, the new, uh, the new explosion of the traditional stadium. Instead, they were the last holdout. They were like the last group to play disco. You know, that's like Bruce Jenner, back when he was Bruce Jenner, in the film Can't Stop the Music, which was about disco, starring the village people, and it came out in 1980, just as disco was dying. Yep, I just compared... The White Sox Stadium with the film Can't Stop the Music, starring the village people Steve Gutenberg, Valerie Perrine, and Bruce Jenner, directed by Nancy Walker, the bounty quicker picker-up lady. Why do I know these things? So instead of being the leader, they were the caboose. And the stadium, while they've done some things to make it a little better, there's no real character to the stadium. Now, there have been characters... Hell, there was a world champion that was played there. It was this wonderful team in 2005. Great players like Paul Canerco, like Mark Burley, Hall of Famer, like <clears throat> Frank Thomas, played the bulk of his career there. But the feel, the character of that stadium is nothing. And it feels like a mistake. Forget the, the name, guaranteed right field. The, 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 the venue itself feels like we should get our money back if you're guaranteed because it's facing the wrong way. It doesn't feel like it's Chicago. You could, you could sit in that stadium, and I've been there. I've been to that stadium, and there is no sense of being in Chicago when you're there. 
In fact, the day I went there was in 1991. I went with my father. I was, in, I was uh, uh, about to start my uh, sophomore year at New York University. And we went on a baseball trip. And when we were there, we saw the new stadium. But also, we saw old Comiskey was being torn down. And it was half torn down. And you could still see straightaway center. And my memories of that trip are so much stronger of the remnants of old Comiskey than it is of new Comiskey. And I saw a game at New Comiskey. I saw Carlton Fisk at New Comiskey. But my memories are stronger of old Comiskey and the ship that they just missed of being part of this, you know, they would have been the, you know, to this day people refer to a Camden Yards type park because it was Camden Yards that opened up everybody's eyes. They could have been the one to open the eyes. Instead, they're the last reminder of our eyes being shut. So what am I getting at here? What is my proposal? We're about to tear down Turner Field. I've been to Turner Field. Turner Field's a wonderful place to see a baseball game in Atlanta. And that was built for the Olympics. That's the, that was part of the Centennial Olympic Stadium in 1996. That's supposed to be a monument that will stand forever in Atlanta, if forever you mean about 20 years. And they're going to move to the suburbs in this new park. The Rangers, I've been to that stadium in Arlington. Wonderful place to see a game. Granted, they should have put a damn roof on the place. They should have put a roof on the place back when they opened it in 1994, because anyone who's been to Texas knows, gee, I don't think I'm going to sit outside in the middle of July. Call me crazy. Rock Hudson and Elizabeth Taylor, but I really don't think Texas is where I want to be sitting outdoors. But they're going to knock that one down and build a new ballpark. These are parks that are part, they were built after Camden Yards, that are both still fine places to see a ball game. My proposal is this. If you can knock down these still relatively new parks, if you can knock down Shea Stadium, if you can knock down Yankee Stadium, granted the remodeled Yankee Stadium, but Yankee Stadium, if you can knock down those parks, then you can knock down Guaranteed Rate Field. And on the site next door, on the site of the parking lot, rebuild Comiskey Park. My suggestion is simple. Find the private money. Not one dime of it is spent on is spent with public money. Someone out there, someone out there in deep pockets from Chicagoland, or maybe you fund it, I don't know, can say, do you know what? We made a mistake. Now chances are the White Sox probably should have moved to Seattle. I think it's been a lucky break for everyone that they didn't move to Tampa Bay. But either way, they're in Chicago now, and they stayed in Chicago. And they are what people refer to as the South Sider. So they remain the symbol of the South Side of Chicago. But now, create a park that reflects that. Rebuild Comiskey Park. Not exactly the way it was rebuilt, the way it was originally existed. Fix some of the problems. 
make it easier to walk around, make the seats a little more comfortable, but create that overhang. To create that tightness that you always felt that the fans were practically sitting on top of you. Create that sense that when you walk in, that, that sense of wonder that people had walking into Comiskey Park, or into, I'm sorry, to Camden Yards, which was a nostalgia for a stadium that didn't exist before that, but people have this wave of, what am I feeling? I'm feeling love for old baseball. Well, maybe that's what the White Sox need to do. This stadium was a mistake, was a result of shady backroom deals, and was designed incorrectly, faced the wrong way. Everything about it doesn't work. And since we have a precedent of knocking down ballparks when they're still relatively young, you want to guarantee something? I'll guarantee this. You rebuild Comiskey Park. You make it so fans go there and immediately, they're either they're getting the rush of memories they had as a child or as kids, they're seeing what the hell their parents are talking about. I guarantee you, you will get memories, you'll get emotions, and it will stick around for a long, long time. And do you know what? Here's one of the caveats that I'll put up there. You know, if they build it, if they create, I'm not going to do the ability to come and the fact that shoot Julius Joe Jackson with the White Sox and blah, 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 blah. But do you know what? Knock down new Comiskey slash U.S. Cellular Field slash Guaranteed Rate Field and build the stadium so immediately you get the rush of Comiskey the minute you walk in. And here's where I'll keep my mind open. If you want to call that guaranteed rate field, then do you know what? Go ahead. Because AT&T Park and Petco are named after corporations. PNC is named after a bank. And they're all fabulous places to see baseball games. So why not guaranteed rate field as well? Correct mistakes. There's precedent for it. And I believe that's the way we give the White Sox the character that this franchise desperately deserves. I guarantee it. So go to MLBReports.com to check out the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.com on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Pulisic. Knocking down a stadium and building a better one up. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.